0: You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com appreciate everybody joining us today and for those of you who are listening on the podcast i'm actually streaming live on periscope on my twitter account here today so we're going to kind of do a two-for-one type of deal and so i may be answering some of your questions and some of your comments or at least responding to them in the comment section here on uh periscope but as always man really appreciate all of you and your continued support yes i am wearing a jersey it's throwback jersey thursday don't worry about that or anything. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of interactions with people about the Razorback football team over the past I mean, good grief, since, since really we've been started to do this back, uh, redo it as far as five days a week back just a few weeks ago. And it, it's been great. The interaction's been great, and obviously we're sitting here at nine days away from Razorback football. And it, it was, it was kind of fun because we got to, at least on the show, talk about uh, Matt Jones. Since it's nine days, number nine, and which we'll talk about a little bit more in the second segment of the show. Uh, but uh, today, and, and in this, I wanted to talk about Felipe Franks because I'm telling you, when he got named captain, uh, I mentioned this on the podcast just the other day, but when he got named captain, I thought that that was the absolute best thing that could have been done when it comes to naming a guy, your starting quarterback, your QB1 as your team uh, captain. It's not like it has to be done that way, but it just makes more sense. Like, the team captains need to be named as leaders, right? Leaders have to be on the team in certain positions in certain regards. And to me personally, if the team captain is not the quarterback, there's a problem. Your q- quarterback has to lead your offense. And if he's leading your offense, he should be also leading the team. And I understand that it can be difficult sometimes, especially in the situation like Arkansas, where you have guys that have been around the team for a long time that may be saying that they're worthy of being the quarterback, or you have Felipe Franks, who is going to be a one-year wonder. Uh, Hopefully he's not – I guess that was a bad way to put it. He's just going to be here for one year. And we know that uh, he's going to be perfectly capable of playing in the SEC. But still, it's one of those things where I feel like if, if you're the Razorback fans and you have a quarterback like Felipe Franks, Him being named team captain, at least you can take some solace in knowing that since he is QB1, the team enjoys him and likes him and respects him enough to where he's going to be named captain. That should give you at least a good indication of where his laurels are rested. So, uh, first off, I was really happy that that was the case. I was kind of worried that if, like, you know, they named uh, some other offensive player captain, nothing against them, but if it wouldn't have been Felipe Franks, it would have been kind of weird. I mean, it would have been awkward if your quarterback wasn't team captain. So that's first and foremost. Uh, but the other thing was dealing with Felipe Franks. And, you know, because we got in the discussion of not only the quarterback, but the cast surrounding the quarterback. And basically, who's going to be throwing the ball to. And there was an argument that actually took place in my mentions today for some reason. And if you're watching this, uh, shout out to you for – I always love arguments in my mentions. But it got into the argument of Trey Knox and Traylon Burks. And who's the better wide receiver? And – you know, I, Bur- Burks gets a lot of praise and a lot of credit, and rightfully so. He, he seems to have the whole package. But Trey Knox is one of those guys that you can't forget. Like, he was really good last year. He actually scored a, f- a bunch of touchdowns, or I guess a bunch. She was maybe putting it too uh, happily. But still, he scored more touchdowns than any other wide receiver on the team. And uh, Traylon Burks, even though he may have the more upside, he may be more athletic and people were expecting big things out of him. He still had a great duo. And then you add into the mix of a Michael Woods who had some had some times here who looked really good last year as well. Like, that's all fine and dandy. And honestly, I think the wide receiver position is not even going to be really a question or going to be a problem or any sort of thing like that. I think that the wide receiver position is going to be so much more improved simply by having a more capable quarterback throwing him the ball in Felipe Franks. That's going to look like night and day. You're going to have some serious matchup nightmares when Arkansas goes up against some of the teams in the secondary on their defense. Now, you have to have Felipe Franks be able to deliver them the football and deliver it in a place where they can actually catch it. You're also going to need to actually have a player like a tight end, for instance, or maybe Hudson Henry to also step up as well. And let's be honest, you're going to need an offensive line that can actually protect Felipe Franks long enough for him to deliver the passes that they need to be. But the good thing about it is that the offensive strategy that I know Kendall Bryles and other people are trying to do is going to be one that where you get the ball quickly out of the quarterback's hand. The plays are going to be moving fast. They're going to have tempo. But it's a, it's a good type of tempo. This tempo is actually going to be well-coached, unlike we saw with Chad Morris. That was not well-coached tempo. That was more just nonsense and stuff that didn't work. So the fact is, is that you got Capable players of capable like minds that are going to be able to make this team better simply just by being on the team themselves. And a quarterback in Felipe Franks is going to take you a long way. I don't think he's going to throw for 3,000 yards or 30 touchdowns or anything like that. And if he does, I mean, I'll be happy about it. It'll be awesome. Uh, but overall, I just don't think that that's an important thing for him to have or to something to be featured about him for him to have the success. What's going to make Felipe Franks successful is simply this. Can he not make mistakes? Can he not turn the ball over? Can he complete the easy passes? Can he get the ball in the hands of his playmakers? Things like that is going to be simply what's going to take him to that next step. And I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think that's too much pressure to be put on him. But I also think he's capable of it. Arkansas has been kind of spoiled at least over the past 10 to 15 years where they've had I don't know if they've always had elite quarterback play, but they've had quarterback play to where they've had guys throw for 30 touchdowns and 3,000 yards and Ryan Mallett, Tyler Wilson, Brandon Allen, um, Austin Allen even did really well in uh, the, I guess it was his first year playing, but stats were there for sure. And since then you haven't had anything. So I think Razorback fans have kind of been spoiled about it, but that's why I'm trying to make sure that we put emphasis on it and saying that, listen, Just because they've done it before, just because they've had teams that done it before and to players that have done it before, that's not going to measure exactly how good it is. Like Felipe Franks, if he throws for, I don't know, if he throws for 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions and 2,500 yards and completes 60% of his passes, is that going to make him all SEC? No. Is that going to even give him an honorable mention? Probably not. But that's okay. Because the main thing that he's going to have to do is just make the plays when he needs to make them, not screw it up, not be that quarterback that turns the ball over all the time, and he needs to be a leader of the team. Leadership has been missing from this team for so long that the problem is is that you run into accountability issues and all of that. They need leadership, and not just in the coaching perspective, but in also the team perspective. They need somebody on the team to step up and be that leader. I don't know if it's going to be Felipe Franks 100%. Maybe it's somebody else. But I'd like to at least think that given the circumstances of how Sam Pittman is approaching his team and approaching the game and how they're trying to make sure that their guys understand what's expected out of them is going to go to the same thing with their leaders. I hope they're not just picking these guys for the sake of picking them. They're picking them because they're truly the leaders on the team and the team looks up to them. Everyone needs to have accountability. Everyone needs to take responsibility for their actions and and be praised when they make great plays and also to be criticized when they screw up because it's going to happen. But it's just a matter of not when they do it, but how they respond when that happens. That's going to be the key for this Razorback football team. We'll talk about Matt Jones here in just a second because I know a few of you are probably going to have some comments on that as well but first though you heard me talk about rockauto.com here in the beginning of it it's the same thing with rockauto.com right now it's a great deal because many of you are probably those types that like to do it yourself when it comes to your vehicles i'm not one of those people but hey i like to learn to try new things but i can at least install a light bulb i can at least install a new cup holder i can do the basic things and that's what's great about rockauto.com is that they have those things they have those things where you're able to be somebody like me if you need something quick and easy to be replaced they have it all or if you're one of those people that like to do it yourself and to really get your hands dirty be a little grease monkey if you will they have your setup as well no matter what it is rockauto.com has it they have all the parts and manufacturers that you could possibly ask for having very easy to navigate catalog so go ahead and check them out and when you do be sure to write in the how did you hear about us box John Neighbors of Locked On Razorbacks sent you. It's the only thing you need to do. So again, check out RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the car parts you will ever need at RockAuto.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. We're nine days away from from Razorback football. We're nine days away, and I couldn't be more excited. Know all of you are excited. And one of the things that was discussed on my show today was about Matt Jones, because if you've been following on me on Twitter, which I'm sure most of you do, because that's probably how you saw that's Periscope going on. um, You'll know that I've been doing these countdown videos and whether it's, you know, it goes along with the number of the player, the yardage of the touchdown or whatever it is. I've been trying to have fun with it. And today, of course, you couldn't go with anybody else besides Matt Jones, number nine. And it got to me thinking about, you know, just how in the, during that era, especially of Razorback football, which, you know, is early millennium, how fortunate Arkansas was able to have two two iconic offensive players that nobody had an answer for, like Matt Jones and Darren McFadden. Now, Darren McFadden was, to me, the greatest Razorback football player of all time. I don't think it's an argument, even though some of you old hats will try to argue it, I I don't think it even is an argument. But the thing about Matt Jones, though, is he may have been the more exciting player to watch. He may have been the most fun player to watch in Razorback history. And I'm not taking that as a slide against Darren McFadden because he was very exciting to watch. But if you just think about Matt Jones and the era that he played in in football and how nobody had ever seen anything like him before. I mean, seriously, you had a guy that had all world speed, like we're not talking about oh he ran a four five. I'm like talking about a guy that ran a four three seven forty four four speed. He was six foot six. He had a vertical leap of forty two inches, and the craziest thing about him is that he always looked like he was moving very slow. That was honestly one of the best things about him, is that even though people thought that they had great angles that they put on him, they ended up not having that case anymore. Like they ended up sprinting around him and all that fun stuff. And when I was able to remember Matt Jones and some of the greatness that he was and the all-time greatness that he was, I, I looked at it as from, from a child because I was a kid when he was playing at the U of A, and I was like, man, this guy's like my hero. This is like the coolest thing ever. This guy is somebody that I look up to. I can't wait to, do, you know, if I ever got to meet him, it'd be awesome and all of that. And the, the great thing about him, too, is that since he was such ahead, so ahead of his time, he was also underappreciated. Now, you're not from the Razorback perspective, but just from everybody else's perspective. Like, I'm sorry, you don't see quarterbacks that run four fours 4s like, top-end speed and is able to outrun defensive backs like Matt Jones could. You just don't see it. You see very athletic quarterbacks, but you don't see guys like that, that had that fifth gear, that next level, that whoosh, he's gone before you know it. You haven't seen anything like that. And, honestly, if you were able to go back in time and, say, get a spread type of offense, throw a name out. Gus Malzahn. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer, whoever that kind of read more of that spread type of offense, Dan Mullen, just throw a name out there. Imagine them being an offensive coach and with their style and philosophy, and you put them in position with a quarterback like Matt Jones. Matt Jones would have won the Heisman easily, easily, because there was no way that anybody could plan for him or stop him or anything like that. He was that good. And so when he was ahead of his time, it always just made me wonder if he would have had if he would have been born 5 years later, 5 years down the road. And if he would have had a coach, I don't you know, say if it's Petrino or just somebody like that. Or say, you know, his, what if he what if he was the quarterback in 2006 and 2007 with, with Darren McFadden, where Malzahn came in as an OC and was trying to run more of the hurry up no huddle offense. What if he played quarterback then? What would it have been like? I think he would have been unstoppable, or even, even more unstoppable, if that's even a way. But it just shows you how, as a Razorback fan, you have to be extremely happy and excited and also to remember the greats. Because the greats don't come around all the time. The greats aren't just somebody or a group that's able to do it willy-nilly. Like you don't have them just come along all the time. you got to be able to remember them. And that's what was so fun about the show today, about remembering Matt Jones, is that even though he, he did win a national championship, uh, he didn't win an SEC championship, he didn't win a BCS bowl game or anything like that, what he did win was the hearts of Razorback fans. And in some cases, that's more important than anything. But man, oh man, was he a big-time player that deserves as much recognition as possible, but he was also the coolest guy in the room because you know what? Everything was very nonchalant. He didn't care. He went along with the motions. Sometimes it frustrates people, but in a lot of cases, that would be what is what made him so great. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, people talking about with the football season upcoming and some of the coaches in the SEC that there are newcomers, Sam Pittman being one of them. And uh, this actually, I just put this out on Twitter, actually, uh, about this video or GIF or GIF or well, I don't care, whatever you call it, uh, of uh, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. And he's like, it was I guess when he's at Appalachian State, but he's like doing this dance with his team or some nonsense like that. It looked terrible. Uh, I've never been an Eli Drinkwitz fan. I thought when Arkansas was looking at him, I'm like, this would be a massive mistake. Um, and I know he's an Arkansas guy according to some, but I don't really care about that. What I do get though, from him and seeing that video is I like, get yeah, a little bit of a Chad Morris vibe, you know, if you haven't seen the gif, like look at it on my Twitter account, once this periscope's over and you'll see, I get very much of a, just a, a, a goon, like a goober. And so, which is probably going to come back to bite me. because i it'll probably be like amazing under Eli Drinkwitz. And everybody's going to be like from Missouri. Oh, look at that. John neighbors was wrong. That's fine. But I don't know, I I just, I look at him and I'm like, he doesn't scare me. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mike Leach at Mississippi State kind of has a little bit of a fear factor, I guess. Like, he kind of gives me that vibe where I'm like, man, if he just gets the right players and his schemes and all that, like he could be really good. Lane Kiffin's got more of a wild card fear factor where he could easily be amazing or he could easily be a dumpster fire. Like, it just depends on what mood he's in. Like So he, he doesn't scare me, but he does definitely have a vibe of like he could be scary, potentially be scary if he can stay out of his own way. Uh, pretty much every other coach in the SEC kind of has a fear factor, at least to a, a certain extent. You know, Nick Saban, of course, Eddie O, of course, Kirby Smart, of course, Dan Mullen, of course uh will Muschamp, i mean i didn't really play him so it doesn't really matter even jumbo it's like man, you know if he can he ever figure it out and if he does he's got talent to do it so and he's got a little bit of factor but eli Drinkwitz at missouri does not scare me he doesn't make me nervous he more of like gives me this thing of like if he's going to complain and whine a lot like he gives it like a vibe of like i'm gonna whine a bunch until I get my way, I'm going to feel like everyone's against us. We're always being crapped on. We're just little old Missouri and, you know, we don't, des- we don't get the respect we deserve. He does all that while looking like a seventh grade art teacher. Like he just, he gives me those weird vibes that I'm just not nervous about him or scared about it. Again, I'll probably come back to bite me. But uh, for those of you that were talking about it and, and saw that GIF, I was just laughing. Cause I'm like, man, like, Chad Morris doing that club dub and doing those dances, like, shoot me in the face. If I ever have to have or see another coach at Arkansas, which thank goodness Sam Pippen's not this guy, but these shenanigans and hooligans hooligans, go with that, whatever it is. The nonsense that goes along with what uh, Chad Morris did at Arkansas is just stupid. And so I'm so glad that's over. And I laugh when other coaches do it too. Because you know what? Like, I understand if you're at a smaller school and you're trying to get some recruiting battles won, you got to stand out a little bit. But I think you got to stand out in the right way. Like, Sam Pittman, I think, standing out in his right way because he's like, he's getting down to the basics. Like, when he's recruiting these guys, he wants to show how much he loves them and appreciates them, but also say, listen, I'm not going to dance for you. You know, I'm not going to talk about, you know, how, you know, I'm not going to have club dub. I'm not going to have these things. You know what I'm going to have? I'm going to have a football program and a football team that's built on winning and success, and I want you to be a part of it. Like, that's what I want. Like, I feel like Ed Orgeron does that. I feel like Nick Saban does that. Kirby Smart does that. Uh, Ryan Day does that. Lincoln Riley does that. And I think they all have their ways of going about it. But the great coaches, they don't have time for that stupid nonsense of dancing around like an idiot. Like, we should have known. We should have known when that all that was going down, when Chad Morris, like, fake repelled – from the church. Do you remember that? Like, he like rappelled down and then it wasn't even him. It's like the first we he was hired. I'm like, what? Who, who, who is this guy? Like, why, why are we doing this? Why, why is that necessary? Which, you know, again, I, I tried to hold my tongue as much as possible as you want to give a guy a chance, but my goodness, like some of the media members are like, oh my goodness, yes, this is amazing. This coach, oh, he's going places. Look at that. And I was like, man, people, this is the same people that like thought Brett Bielma was the biggest thing. Like, you remember when Brett Bielma did a reality show? I never want to see that again, ever. Like, just win games. Coach games. Coach players. Do better. Like, that's all we want as Razorback fans, right? That's all we want. Give us that, and we don't care what you do. But i tell you what, there's nobody, there's nobody that looks worse than a coach that does idiotic things while also being an idiot on the field. You can get away with it as long as you're winning, but when you're losing – it's it's a double crash. It is just so so much worse. That's all I got today. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNayers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day everybody. We'll see you then.